Nolan Investigations. I run that Boston-based detective agency that my dad started many years ago. Now that dad is retired, it's up to me, and my mom Gladys, to keep this place in the black. I've seen a lot of strange things in my time here, and I never know what the next knock on the office door is going to bring. I'm Jim Nolan, Private Eye. Misfits Audio is proud to present Jim Nolan, Private Eye. Episode 14 is entitled The Body in the Grass. This is Jim Nolan. May I help you? This is Johnny Pantuso, Mr. Nolan. Forgive me, Mr. Pantuso. Your name sounds familiar, but I'm embarrassed to say that I can't place it. Uh, Don't be embarrassed. We've never met, but I've seen your office sign so many times I feel I know you. My boys and I take care of the landscaping for the building your office is in. Of course! Pantuso and Sons Law Care! Forgive me. I've seen your green truck outside dozens of times. You do good work. The place always looks great. Thanks. We try to keep it nice. If you need any work done at your home... Sorry, Johnny. My landlord takes care of the lawn personally. Well, if he ever decides he needs help... I'll be sure to recommend you. Now, how can I help you? I hope you can help. I called you before anyone else. What's wrong? One of my boys and I were doing some work earlier today over on Summit Avenue. We ran into something, uh... Unusual. What? A body, Mr. Nolan. We found a dead body. The weather in Boston is hot and humid. On area beaches, young ladies in skimpy bathing suits are sunning themselves, while bare-chested young men are tossing around footballs and frisbees. It's not a good time of the year to have an outdoor job like lawn maintenance particularly when the performance of your job involves finding a dead body. While Jim longs to be relaxing on one of the area's beaches, summertime does not always mean a vacation. Misfits Audio's latest Jim Nolan Private Eye Mystery is entitled The Body in the Grass. Johnny told me the address on Summit Avenue where the body had been found. I advised him to call the PD and speak to Lieutenant Carmichael in particular. I rushed over to Summit Avenue only to find the lieutenant standing among some partially mowed knee-high grass in front of a weather-beaten house while a handful of officers milled around gathering clues. Jim, you're in on this, too? Good morning, Lieutenant. Yes, Johnny and his boys take care of the lawn around the building my office is in. He asked for my help. Where is Johnny? 
at the station giving a statement. Where's the body? Follow me. There he is. The poor old guy. Did he have any ID on him? Not so much as a library card. Any obvious signs of death? Nothing we found, but we haven't disturbed the body much. I sent Sergeant McManus to pick up the coroner pronto and bring him here. The corpse looks fresh. I don't think he's been here for too long. The bugs haven't done their work on him yet. Death by natural causes? Could be. Out here on the lawn? There you've got me. I suppose wherever death takes you, it takes you. My Uncle Phil dropped dead in church one Sunday during the priest's sermon. It caused quite a ruckus. I imagine it would. When we identify the guy, that'll help a lot. It doesn't look like anyone's lived here for some time. What with this jungle of a lawn. Do you think the old man might have been squatting in the house? We're investigating that possibility. If so, with his black suit on, he's the best-dressed squatter I've ever seen. Johnny said that one of his boys found the body? That's right. His son, Sean. Sean Pantuso? (laughs) Go figure. Johnny's married to Bridget O'Hara. What's in the name, right? Their other boy is named Mario. Sean found the body when he was cutting the lawn. He stopped right away and called his dad over. No wonder no one saw the body until Sean was right on top of it. Why were they cutting the grass anyway? Johnny said they were hired by a realtor over on Seneca Street. McCormick and Masters. For what reason? I guess they're looking to sell the house. You can't sell a house with grass that looks like this. Or one with a dead body in the front lawn. Exactly. That must be McManus with the coroner. Lieutenant, could you let me know what you find out about this poor guy? Sure will. Where are you off to? McCormick and Masters. I'm curious who might want to buy this house. The realtor's office was on the first floor of a big brick building. Hazy sunshine poured in through the front windows. Pictures of available homes were tacked on several bulletin boards on the walls. Above the door, an old air conditioner was fighting a losing battle with the heat. After a moment, a middle-aged woman waddled out from the back room. She was what you might politely call ample. She wore a too small flowered sundress. Her gray-streaked red hair was pulled back into a bun, and her eyeglasses dangled from a long chain of beads around her neck. This, I was to learn, was Mrs. Elvira Sackett. I'm sorry to have kept you waiting. No problem at all. Isn't this heat awful? Terrible. How may I help you, Mr. Uh... Nolan? Jim Nolan. Good morning. I'm Mrs. Sackett. Thank you for choosing McCormick and Masters for your realty needs. We've had some lovely homes recently added to our listings. Prices are very reasonable, and I'm sure we can... Mrs. Sackett, I'm afraid you've got me wrong. I'm not looking for a house. You're not? No, I'm a private investigator. I'm here on behalf of John Pantuso. Oh, 
Yes. He called me not long ago. It makes me shiver all over to think of that dead body lying in the grass for who knows how long. What an awful thing to find. I'm working with the police to solve the case. Would you have time to answer some questions for me? It could help a great deal. Well, certainly. Whatever I can do. Were you having the Summit Avenue property cleaned up because you have a client who would like to purchase it? Only a possible buyer. Mr. Bain is interested in looking at the property. Right now, that's all. But we haven't had even a nibble on that house in some time. Uh, Bain? Harrison Bain. Perhaps you've heard of him. He writes mystery novels. I've read a couple of them myself. Some of his books have become bestsellers. The name sounds familiar. Are you a big reader? Not really, but my mother is. Come to think of it, I believe I've seen one of his books on her desk. That house seems pretty run down for a successful author like Harrison Bain. Did he give you any indication of why he was interested in that property? No, he didn't. Are you implying that Mr. Bain is somehow connected to the discovery of the body? Did I say that? Well, not in so many words. One thing you should know about me, Mrs. Sackett, I don't hint. If I thought Mr. Bain had a part in this, I'd come right out and say so. At the moment, I have no evidence to make me suspect him of any wrongdoing. Thank goodness. However, it is standard practice to investigate all parties to a crime, and by wanting to look at the house in question, Mr. Bain falls, however slightly, into that category. I'd like the chance to talk with him. Could that be arranged? Of course. I've met him. He's a fine man, very well-mannered. If memory serves, he's originally from England. I'm sure he'd be happy to help in any way he can. I was going to show him the property on Summit Avenue myself. Let me get his phone number out of my Rolodex for you. Would you happen to know who owned that property last? I'm not sure. It's been vacant for some time, before I started working here. Before I even moved to Boston from California, in fact. It had become a real eyesore. That's why I was so thrilled that someone, especially someone of Mr. Bain's prominence, wanted to look at it. Is there a way you could find out the name of the previous owner for me and call my office? Here's my card. I've got several contacts at other realtors. I'll see what I can do. a meeting at two o'clock. Really? With whom? Harrison Bain. The author? The same. How does he figure into this? The house that Johnny Pantuso and his boy were hired to clean up? Yes. They were there because Bain wants to look at the place. What a coincidence. I just finished one of his books, The Eyes of a Killer. It was really good. I thought I had seen his name on one of your library books. That's why it rang a bell when Mrs. Sackett mentioned him. You don't think he... I'm not sure yet. I hope he's not involved. I'd love him to autograph my copy of The Eyes of a Killer. (laughs) Autograph a library book? Of course not, Jim. If he'd autograph it, I'd buy my own copy. I gave Mom the number to Bain's home 
in case she and Lieutenant Carmichael needed to reach me. I also told her about the call that was hopefully coming from Elvira Sackett. Then I was on my way to Bane's house. When Harrison Bane opened his front door, I felt the welcome rush of air conditioning. He invited me in and closed the door behind us. Bane had the look of a college professor. He appeared to be about 55 years old. He was tall and thin. His shock of hair was entirely white, as was his well-trimmed beard. He led me into his elegantly furnished parlor, where we sat in wing-back chairs with a small table between us. Thank you for your time, Mr. Bain. Please call me Harrison. And I'm Jim. I'm glad you could meet me on such short notice. Always willing to help the authorities. My mom is a big fan of yours. That's nice to hear. She really enjoyed your latest book. The Eyes of a Killer? That's the one. I'm so glad. I must get her an autographed copy. I believe I have a few lying about. Remind me to sign one for her before you leave. She'd love that. Thank you. Are you a reader, Jim? Not really. I deal with mysteries every day. I don't have the time to read about fictional ones also, I'm afraid. No offense? None taken. Now, how may I help you? I suppose this is about the incident at the Summit Avenue property? Yes. Mrs. Sackett notified you why she can't show you the property right away? She did. What a discovery that poor boy made. May I ask why you're interested in that property? Am I a suspect in that poor man's death? You must know from your novels, Harrison, that everyone is a suspect. Good point. Since you asked, I'm considering moving because I'd like to escape all the memories in this place. Bad memories? Good, bad, bittersweet. My dear wife Claire passed away about six months ago. I'm sorry to hear that. She loved this house. It was our first home together. We spent many happy years here until cancer claimed her. Harrison, if I'm prying... No, no, it's fine. You see, everything in this house screams Claire's name to me. That's her picture on the mantel. Lovely woman. Thank you. That's us on vacation in Vermont shortly before she was diagnosed. I think moving from this home and all of its memories might be good for Jess and me. Jess? Jessica, my daughter. She's off at school. She'll be home soon. A business associate of mine recommended Mrs. Sackett's realty agency. The Summit Avenue property seemed ideal, if a bit run down. It's smaller than this. After all, there are only two of us now. It looks like, once it's cleaned up, it will really welcome the sunlight. Also, remaining in Boston will allow me to stay near my family. Understandable. So, regrettably, I'm afraid I can't be much help with the investigation. There's no mystery behind why I'd like the other house. I told Mrs. Sackett that I would still like to see it once the police are done with their investigation. Uh, excuse me. Hello? Yes, he's right here. Just a moment. Jim, it's for you. Lieutenant Carmichael. Thank you. Yes, Lieutenant. Jim, I need you down here at the coroner's office. We've got some new information about the old man in the grass. This case 
is getting stranger by the moment. What's the scoop? The body that Bantuso Kid found has been dead for about two weeks. It was in pretty good shape for lying in the grass that long, especially in this heat. It wasn't lying in the grass for two weeks. What? I don't know how long it was over on Summit Avenue, but before that it was in its grave. Grave? The old guy didn't die at that house? No. The coroner said that his eyelids were sewn shut. And they had been embalmed. So someone dug up a dead body and dropped it off at Summit Avenue? It looks that way. Weird. We might have a lead on who the guy is. Um, was. Who? We got a call from St. Joseph's Cemetery about two weeks ago. The grave of Mr. Joshua Custer was found dug up and empty. The description of the body matches the old man. Why would... No idea. Did Mr. Custer die under suspicious circumstances? Nope. Natural causes. The people at St. Joe's are sending someone over here to identify Custer's body, and if it is him, rebury it properly. Excuse me, Lieutenant. Yes, Sergeant. There's a call waiting for you in the office. Gladys Nolan. Mom called to let us know that Mrs. Sackett had learned that the previous owner of the Summit Avenue property was Mr. Terence Yardley, who had passed on last year at a nursing home in Connecticut. With nowhere to go on that lead, I went with Lieutenant Carmichael to the home of Ellen Custer, the late Joshua Custer's daughter-in-law, in the hope of learning what had happened to her father-in-law's corpse. Lieutenant, like I've told the other officers, I have no idea who might have done that to my father-in-law's body. Did he have any enemies in the area? (laughs) You obviously never met him. He was a friend to everyone. Always happy, never a care in the world. I don't think I ever heard him utter a bad word against anyone. He was the epitome of a gentleman. Now, may I please have some privacy? Certainly. Excuse me. Yes? Would either of you be Mr. William Costa? No, not me. Do you know where I might find him? I'm a truant officer. I need to speak with him about his son Andrew's summer school attendance, or lack thereof. I don't know about the father, but Mrs. Custer is in the house. We were just speaking with her. Thank you. As long as I can talk to one of his parents, I may as well stay. We need to settle this once and for all. That boy missed school again today. At this rate, he won't graduate. Troubled kid? I shouldn't say this, but he is trouble. Walking trouble. 
If he weren't a minor... Ma'am, I'm Lieutenant Carmichael of the Boston Police Department. This is Jim Nolan. He's a private investigator. Would it be okay with you if we sat in on your talk with Mrs. Custer? I suppose that would be okay, if it's okay with her. Let me ask. I wonder if Andrew Custer owns a shovel. You don't think that this kid... It's a loose end. And I hate loose ends. Come on. Lieutenant, I would really rather that you and Mr. Nolan not be present while I'm talking with Miss Drake about Andrew's problems. That's your prerogative. However, I have to remind you that I'm investigating a case that involves your family, and as an officer of the law, I have my suspicions. About Andrew? Could be. I can head downtown and be back here in no time with the proper court-ordered authority to allow me to learn what I need to know. Wouldn't it be easier to let Jim and me stay and get this mess over with as soon as possible? You have a point. Please sit, both of you. Thanks. Thank you. Mrs. Custer, please. May I? It's Ms. My husband walked out on us last month. I'm so sorry. May I ask why? He said he couldn't be a father to a troublemaker like Andrew anymore. His own son. Can you beat that? Your boy has been in trouble before? Unfortunately. It started with skipping school often. Yes. I have the complete list of his absenteeism here in my folder. I get the feeling there's more to this story than just skipping school. Yes, Lieutenant. I'm not sure what happened to Andrew. My ex and I did everything we could for him, while Bill still gave it to him, that is. Andrew was arrested twice for robbery from some small neighborhood shops. We managed to get the shop owners to drop the charges since he was only a teenager. Have things gotten worse since your husband left? Yes. Andrew's become very argumentative, even threatening. To his own mother? Unfortunately, if I had tried the stuff he's done back when I was a teenager. His absenteeism has really increased lately. In the last month of his summer school term... He's only been present nine days. Nine days? I'm sorry. I didn't know. Since Bill left us, I've had all I can do to keep a roof over our heads and food on the table. I'm sure you're doing the best you can. I am. And then there was the breakup. That didn't help Andrew's mood. What breakup? With his girlfriend. She was all he could talk about. Whenever we managed to have a civil conversation, never met her myself. I don't know what happened between the two of them. I really hoped that Jess would be able to help him straighten up and fly right. 
Jess? Yes, Jessica Payne. Do you know her? It's me, Daddy. Ah, school's over. She's right on time. In the parlor, Jess. It is so hot out there. This air conditioning feels... Jess, may I introduce Lieutenant Walter Carmichael of the Boston Police Department and Jim Nolan, a private investigator. Miss? Pleased to meet you. I'm pleased to meet you also. Is there something I should know? <sighs> yes, sweetheart. Please sit. There's been some trouble at the new house. What kind of trouble? Lieutenant? A dead body was found there. A body? The police believe that it was taken from the cemetery and deposited there for some reason. We just got a call for the body has been identified as that of Joshua Custer. C Custer? That's right. He couldn't have. He who, Jess? There's a boy at school. He's kind of weird, but he likes me. He's asked me out on a couple of dates, and I've turned him down. He heard me tell my friend and how you were thinking about moving us to that house across town on Summit Avenue. He, he said you shouldn't do that because it would move me further away from him. He said he'd see to it that it didn't happen. You don't think that he could What's have... What's this boy's name? Andrew Custer? That's the clincher. I'm going to put out an APB for the kid. May I use your phone, Mr. Bain? Certainly. Would you mind using the one in my office? Down the hall, first door on your right. Not at all. Thank you. Could Andrew really have done this to keep us from moving? It appears that way. Who'd want to buy a house where a dead body was found? Daddy, I'm so scared. You don't have to be, honey. Mr. Nolan and Lieutenant Carmichael will take care of things. Everything will be all right. You'll see. Andrew won't harm you. I won't allow it. Will we still move? Maybe. But why? I love this house. I know you do. So do I. Don't you worry. Whatever happens, we'll be together. Carmichael and his men picked up Andrew Custer. He's admitted to the grave robbing. He used his own grandfather's body like that? Spooky. His mother said Andrew was never close to his granddad, to the point of avoiding him when he visited. He didn't even attend the funeral. All this for a girl. A girl who didn't even like him. Oh, here. I almost forgot. On a nicer topic, Harrison Bain gave me this for you. Thank you. And an autographed copy. Very nice. Didn't you say you already read that book? I did, but I'll read it again. Why? It's like a whole new mystery, now that I have my own autographed copy. Whatever you say. If you were a reader, Jim, you'd understand.
Starring our regular cast, Russell Gold as Jim Nolan, Joyce Bender as Gladys Nolan, Brian Bedard as Lieutenant Walter Carmichael, and Katie Daynert as the narrator. Guests starring in this episode were John Fleming as Johnny Pentuso, Wendy Tremont King as Elvira Sackett, Scott Fortney as Harrison Bain, Chris Barnes as Sergeant McManus, Elise Kroek as Ellen Custer, Diane Havens as Rhonda Drake, and Tanya Milovich as Jessica Bain. Jim Nolan Private Eye was created by Mike Murphy and Arlene Osborne. The Body in the Grass was written by Mike Murphy. The Jim Nolan Private Eye theme was composed and performed by Vivian Dosko. Please hear more of her wonderful music at myspace.com slash Vivian Dosko. That's V-I-V-I-A-N-D-O-S-K-O-W. Producer, Captain John Tatrazak. Assistant producer, Mike Murphy. Mixer, John Specht. Script editor, Arlene Osborne. Webmaster, April Sadowski. Art director, Alexa Chipman. We would also like to thank Captain John Tadrzak of Misfits Audio for airing this show. Mike Murphy, the author of this story, gratefully acknowledges the continued help of Arlene Osborne in the betterment of his scripts. This production is for enjoyment purposes only. I'm your narrator, Katie Daynert. This is an original production by Misfits Audio, copyright 2011.